with all that's happening in the world, we are wishing you all the best in health, happiness, and love. Be safe. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Lunita. We are just two parents coming at you from our tiny-ass apartment in Brooklyn. I'm Nina. And I'm Justin. And Luna is asleep for the night, as always, because, duh, how else would we be able to record this podcast? It's not possible. Yeah. Sweetheart. Tough fighter. She's a fighter. She fights going to bed every night, and every night I'm like, I'm so jealous i wish someone would put me to sleep brushing her teeth reading her books just lucky baby she's lucky shout out to all the parents out there yeah also a huge shout out to all of you listeners again we truly appreciate everyone tuning in we truly appreciate the feedback and we just want to send a big thank you and our gratitude your way Thank you so much. With that said, this is the final episode for season one. So welcome to the finale here. You made it. We made it. Yeah, we're going to be working on season two and we'll be creating plenty of bonus material for the Patreon. So we'll let you know whenever that's up and running. And we... Just truly want to say thank you again. I mean, it's been quite a journey to start a podcast together and then for us to be approved for it to go live the same week that a global pandemic starts. So it's been quite a journey, but we have learned so much about ourselves, so much about our listeners, all of you, and so much about what it's like to work from home with your spouse during a quarantine, it's been... It's been an educational experience for sure. And we also just want to give a big shout out and round of applause to all podcasters out there because this was a lot more work than we were ever expecting. We had no idea how much work it was until we got it started. So hats off to all you podcasters. You're killing it. Totally. With that said, though, a lot of fun and... We've really been lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to have this experience. So thank you again for listening because couldn't do it without you guys. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. So this episode, final episode for season one, episode 10, MDMA. How did we, what's, what's the actual name of it? For Healing Your Relationship. MDMA for Healing Your Relationship. Before we get into it, we're just going to give a quick disclaimer. Many psychedelics are categorized as Schedule I substances by the federal government, meaning that the possession, distribution, and the use of these substances carry felony charges, large financial penalties, and the possibility of incarceration. We do not condone or encourage the use of illegal substances, We are simply providing an educational foundation for those interested in the topic. All right. So as usual, 
There is a lot of information on the blog, more than we can discuss here, and a lot more educational than we'll be getting into here on the podcast. Also, plenty of additional resources, so we highly recommend you go check that out, lunita.nyc. Real quick, although MDMA is currently illegal and even frowned upon by much of society, your parents included, the research is promising, and the reality is that this substance has been incredibly helpful to many in their search for a better quality of life, specifically when used in a therapeutic and or medicinal capacity. With that being said, we just want to talk about some important information to consider before we get into depth on this topic. So just like any other substance, there are risks involved. MDMA should not be consumed more than once within a five-week period, and that's being very generous. That's the bare minimum. The longer you can wait in between your doses, the better off you are. This is because the substance can fry some of the receptors in your brain, causing temporary and even permanent damage to the body. We definitely don't want that. These substances are no joke. They're not something to be fooled around with. You need to do your research very, very thoroughly. But with that being said, if you are considering taking MDMA, just know it's not something you should be doing on a regular basis. On a regular basis. No. Yeah, we are talking at minimum once every five weeks. Minimum. Minimum. The longer you wait, the better. Yeah. So MDMA is still a Schedule One substance according to the U.S. government. So there are very real legal risks to take into consideration. And, of course, as always, test your substances. If you are going to be using, you want to be sure that what you ingest is what you intended to take. For real. There are a lot of people out there selling what they're telling people is one thing, and then it turns out it's just deadly or something completely different. And you don't need that. You don't want that. Test your shit, please. Yeah, that's whenever the real risks come in. So we have teamed up with ElevationChemicals.com. Thank you again, Elevation Chemicals. Truly appreciate you. Use code LUNITA at checkout for a 15% discount, or you can go to our blog, lunita.nyc. There's a link on there that will use that 15% discount and actually donate it to MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, doing phenomenal work, especially with MDMA. Definitely. Now, moving on. Although it can be safe to mix substances, we do not recommend it. We're not even going to talk about the risks of mixing substances here because we are not recommending it. And in general, it's just not what you're going to be focusing on for the purposes of therapeutic work. Yeah, that's not to say that you can't mix substances. We're just saying that for this purpose and for therapeutic purposes, just stick to one. Yeah, please. It's a strong enough substance as it is. You don't need to be like fucking drunk on top of it. You can be. That's your choice, but it's really not recommended. Yeah. I'm good on that. Yeah. All right. Finally, 
there are some commonalities for pretty much everyone when taking MDMA correctly. Some of these side effects, if you will, include an increase in empathy, an increase in self-awareness, an increase in heart rate, dilated pupils, sweating, dry mouth. But again, each experience can differ from person to person. So stay open-minded, do your research, and just know yourself and know your body and listen to it, please. Agree. So let's get into the meat of it. What are some reasons MDMA is being used today? Side note. When we say MDMA, we are talking about... 3,4-methylene-dioxy-methamphetamine. Other names MDMA can be known for are molly or ecstasy, but it should be noted that ecstasy is not pure MDMA. Often ecstasy is MDMA that's been cut or chemically altered with an upper. Typically, it's amphetamines or caffeine. So if you're taking ecstasy, thinking you're taking MDMA, you're not. Just want to be very clear. For the purpose of this episode, we're talking about MDMA. Exactly. So with MDMA, some of the reasons it's being used today are in clinical studies for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the treatment of it, as well as the treatment of anxiety, particularly people who are struggling with terminal illness, loss, or grief, and the anxiety that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Some reasons outside of therapeutic settings or at least clinical trials. Couples counseling, which is kind of where we're heading with this episode. And of course, recreational use. All right, this could be for social purposes, such as partying, or maybe just to break the ice a bit. Sexual adventures. MDMA and its chemically altered cousin ecstasy have a reputation in many different scenes of being known to be a party drug because it's often cut with some type of upper. So it's common that you can't sleep when you take it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people report that it enhances their sexual experiences. But we want to just plug real quick. If you're doing MDMA couples therapy, most likely sex will not be involved in the therapy session. And any therapist who says it is needs to fucking go. You're not fucking in front of your therapist. Well, not in front of a therapist. No. But if you're doing a therapy session with your partner without a therapist... Then it, it might, might lead to that, you know. It might happen, but we're going to we'll talk-, talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get into that later. And then, of course, you know, recreational use just for fun. The majority of people that use substances are recreational users. MDMA is no different. Yeah. We do want to plug that it is actually not recommended to be taken as a party drug due to overheating and the possibility of exhaustion and dehydration. And just a lot of other things that come with taking it. I can't imagine taking MDMA in a party or a social setting. That truly sounds fucking awful to me, but that's just me. Well, to each their own. Of course. So going back to what we were saying earlier, because MDMA has such a known common effect of increasing feelings of love and euphoria and happiness and empathy 
There have been some studies that have shown that all of these feelings that MDMA triggers because of an increase of serotonin in the brain can make it easier for people to address traumatic experiences that they have gone through or to confront emotionally difficult situations that they're having individually or with a partner. So in order to fully understand how MDMA can be helpful, both in couples counseling and for therapeutic purposes, it's essential that you understand trauma. So we're going to take a couple moments to address trauma. So let's start with the basics. What is trauma? Okay, so simply put, trauma is our mind slash our body's way of reacting to an abnormal event. The event can be something that's deeply distressing or disturbing, and we either are experiencing it firsthand, aka something really bad happened to us, or secondhand, we saw something really bad happen to someone else, but we were helpless to stop it from happening. Okay, so... Does trauma have to be the same level intensity to traumatize everybody the same way? Um, no. So how people respond to trauma and what people consider trauma is totally subjective. What's a traumatic experience to me might not be to you and vice versa. The important thing to understand here is that most people carry some type of trauma in their life, but it doesn't typically affect them to the point that it has overrun their lives, made them incapable of functioning. But most of us are living with a certain level of trauma that is preventing us, whether we're aware of it or not, from being the best versions of ourselves. We all have trauma. Yeah. Now, as a teacher, I had been through quite a few trauma-informed trainings And the idea behind that is that you should be treating every single person that walks through that door as if they're carrying some sort of trauma with them. That's correct. It's essentially unavoidable. Being a human being means that from time to time, shitty things are going to happen to us. Life is traumatic. Life is traumatic, truly. Um, most of us are capable of bouncing back from it, but it just depends on how frequently it happens, at what age it happens, and a lot of other circumstances that can make a person more traumatized than others. All right. Nice to know. Now, how can traumas affect us? How do they manifest in our daily lives? So it truly depends on the level and severity of the trauma that you've gone through and how frequent it was in your life, right? For some people, an experience like getting in a serious car accident is highly traumatic. For another person, it's the breakup of their family home, their parents getting divorced. For another person, it's being made fun of constantly in grade school. school. Yeah. Totally. So it really, really depends. But trauma can affect us because if we don't properly acknowledge it and address it, it can shape our worldviews, not only of the people around us, but of ourselves. And sometimes that's not always in positive ways. It can have negative effects that include making us more defensive, 
making us more likely to self-sabotage, making us more likely to become addicted to substances or alcohol or behaviors, making us unable to see what somebody who isn't traumatized can. For example, you grew up in a home with a lot of abuse. You think it's normal that your boyfriend hits you, right? So it really depends. But ultimately, if we're not dealing with our trauma, no matter how much of it we've experienced in our lives, it is holding us back subconsciously and consciously from growth, from being the best versions of ourselves. And in one way, that shows up really often with people is in relationships, not only in the quality of their relationships, but in who they choose to get into relationships with. And how they act in those relationships, I guess. Of course. What they're willing to accept and unfortunately, how much pain they're willing to inflict. Definitely, a thousand percent. And pain doesn't always have to mean physical, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and so trauma can manifest itself in relationships in a multitude of different ways. Most common ones being breakdowns of communication, arguing, inability to see things from another person's side, being stubborn, being difficult. These are all side effects, if you will, of the greater problem, which is most likely the trauma the person had in their life way before they entered this relationship or because of this relationship. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So my question is, how does this relate to MDMA? How does MDMA work with trauma? So because MDMA is known to reduce fear, it can help people revisit traumatic events in their life with a lot less of that said fear revisiting a traumatic experience under proper MDMA therapy might feel a lot less scary. And if that traumatic experience that you're being forced to revisit is one that's held you back or haunted you or been an overcast or a shadow or something in the back of your mind that you try to push out, but it's just always there, then that can be incredibly helpful, particularly for people who have experienced certain types of abuse and violence. MDMA can be incredibly helpful with handling these types of trauma. In what other ways does MDMA use help the traumatized, if you will? Um, MDMA can also help people accept and integrate emotional challenges in a much shorter period of time. Emotional challenges can be anything from divorce to loss of a job, loss of a loved one, breakups, whatever it is. And when you are being forced to confront what is difficult for you to acknowledge or accept emotionally, you don't have another choice but to just kind of get to the root of it and deal with it. A lot of us live our lives on some degree in avoidance and in denial, and MDMA really doesn't allow you the opportunity to stay in that place of denial, at least not for the short time that you're experiencing MDMA. And that can be a real kick in the ass that some people need to confront or 
deal with emotional challenges they've ha- they've had or they're currently having. Yeah, and I've heard people say that it's one, two, three years worth of therapy in a single session. Yeah, people have reported it as being that way because it it's just going to get right to the shit. When you take it, there's very little... Defense or barriers. Very little. You it's open up. Totally, totally. In ways that you may never have been able to in your life. And so because... You say, it, cut the bullshit. Let's stop with the chit chat. Here's the fucking problems. Let's acknowledge them and get to it. I love it. Yeah. Um, MDMA also makes people feel very empathetic. You, If you've ever met somebody or seen somebody that's rolling or tripping on Molly or ecstasy, they're probably very, very loving, huggy. Oh, my God, I love you. You're the best. Um, Everybody's their best friend. It's not in a way that the drunk person is, though, because yeah. they're they're totally aware of what they're doing. MDMA isn't really, even though you're high, you're not high in a way where you are completely uninhibited. You know what you're doing. You have memory of what you did after you've taken MDMA in ways that you wouldn't with alcohol. So to somebody who can't tell the difference, a drunk person and somebody on Molly might look or act the same in some ways, but it's totally different. And a lot of people report that when they take MDMA, they feel incredibly empathetic. They're able to understand people on another level. They're able to have more compassion for themselves and other people in their lives. And this is a really positive thing, especially if you're in couples counseling, because you're going to be way less likely to blame or judge yourself or the other person. Totally. And one more piece we'd like to cover is that it makes everyone feel more accepting, more accepting of situations that have happened to them in the past, Mm -hmm. more accepting of feelings that they may have towards a specific trigger or person towards other people. These can all be really, really, really helpful qualities during a couple's therapy session or an individual therapy session. If you're more willing to accept what and you acknowledge, right? Yeah, and acknowledge what you can't change, you're way less likely to fight it, and it's way less likely to continue to eat you up inside. It's almost like you give the power back to yourself because you are no longer running or hiding from difficulties in your life difficulties in your past and you could totally see why this is used in a huge capacity with ptsd patients absolutely with tremendous results Uh might add yeah with amazing results and i also just want to add something really quick here and we talk about this on the blog but it's important that people hear it when we think of PTSD, we typically think of somebody coming back from a very violent environment like war, somebody who's been involved in some type of combat. Mm-hmm. But PTSD can happen to anybody depending on how severe the trauma you've experienced has been. There are just as many people walking around heavily policed neighborhoods, violent neighborhoods with lots of gang activity, survivors of every type of abuse and sexual assault you can think of who have equal levels of PTSD to people coming back from wars. Even certain situations like 
experiencing a sudden loss, experiencing a natural disaster, losing your fucking home in an earthquake can trigger PTSD in people and can create PTSD in people. So it's important to understand when we talk about PTSD, we're not just talking about war veterans. Absolutely. And can I just add in a quick little story? Yeah. Um, I had talked about integration circles on our last episode, Tripping 101. Yeah. And I had met somebody there who actually was suffering from PTSD. He was a 9-11 first responder. Uh-huh. And he had the unfortunate situation of seeing a lot of his unit pass away Mm -hmm. and he had this severe guilt Mm -hmm. of why did i survive why me Mm -hmm. i should have been there with them Mm -hmm. survivor's guilt is common and he went underground found a therapist working with mdma Mm -hmm. and was able to have massive breakthroughs and is currently living his life happily and trying to spread the word as much as possible about Mm -hmm. this substance that has Mm -hmm. helped him so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely yeah there's been hundreds of stories maybe thousands of people with ptsd reporting within taking mdma properly with a therapist a certain amount of times they no longer qualified as having ptsd it's also important to understand ptsd is not just trauma ptsd is when the trauma you've experienced is so ingrained in your memory, in your mind, that it makes day-to-day living incredibly difficult, if not impossible. Yeah, a lot of high levels of anxiety, high levels of stress. Yeah. You're always in, you know, fight or flight mode. Definitely, yeah. So So with with all that... With all that being said, it should be understood that MDMA can be used to help people address their traumas if it's done correctly in a proper setting, which we're going to get into as well. And a lot of our relationship issues may stem from said traumas. Because we all have trauma. So let's get to um, a little bit of lighthearted fun part here. Yeah. Uh, We want to discuss our experiences on MDMA, um, especially the ones in which we've worked on our relationship. Definitely. There was a time in our life way before we had Luna, way before I was pregnant, where we were taking MDMA recreationally pretty regularly, truly. Um, We weren't going anywhere. We weren't hitting the fucking clubs. We were taking it and literally sitting on the couch and talking. After realizing that we would take this recreationally and then just sit on our couch and talk to each other anyways, uh, we saw its potential as a therapeutic substance and actually decided to start using it as such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really to just connect more and bond more as a couple. And work on our relationship. Because relationships take work. There's a lot of different ways you can choose to work on your relationship. We're not saying this is the only one to consider. But we have taken it at times when we felt we had a rough patch in our relationship. Not like we had a fight, but like we just were not vibing. We were not on the same page consistently. Or Yeah, it just seemed a little bit off. Maybe we were missing something in maybe the other partner's communication. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, just to understand one another a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the earlier stages of our relationship when we were still 
getting to know one another. And when we were kind of at an age where, you know, you're not in your 20s, 20s anymore, because you don't really want to go out and party the way you used to when you were young. But you're not completely ready to like settle down and have kids. You're somewhere in between. And it's a adjusting stage as a person, whether you're in a relationship or not. But we were going through that stage at the same time together, I think, and trying to figure out how we adjust into this new level of adulthood. And yeah, so we decided to pop some Molly. We decided to pop some (laughs) Molly because it helped us understand ourselves and our feelings and our experiences better. And it helped me understand you. Totally. Um, One thing that I really do want to share is that it's helped us share our traumas with one another. Oh, 100%. I mean, I had always been pretty open about my traumas with you, but I was able to go into them with you when we were on MDMA in a level of detail that... Allowed me to understand and that you had never really gotten to because I'm assuming... It was just too traumatic. Even sometimes a level of detail that I had forgotten about. Totally. Yeah, I get that. For me, at least, it made a difference to be able to share that level of intimacy with you because it not only made me feel closer to you, it made me feel you understood me better. Well, that's what I was going to say was I feel like I was able to share more because I could feel that you were ready to listen, you were ready to hear, and you were coming from such a non-judgmental, caring, loving place. Yeah. And because you knew I had gone through it in some way, shape, or form just as much as you had. feels so much easier and safer to share your trauma with someone who can relate. Totally. I never felt judged by you during any of those experiences. Yeah. And And I mean, like, just to describe the experience, it's literally... You take the substance within 30, 45 minutes, you just start feeling good. There's a reason it's called ecstasy, right? Yeah. What a name. Yeah. And (laughs) then we just kind of like sit down on the couch, listen to some music, start vibing together and begin our chat session. Really? I mean, it was literally just us sitting and talking for hours, typically through the night. Yeah, definitely don't plan on getting sleep if you're doing it in the no, evening. No, it's not. And like, yeah. But it's it's a peaceful, relaxing time. So although I didn't even get any sleep, I felt rested. I did not. I did not feel rested. Um, Within an hour of coming down off of it, I started to feel jittery and anxious and all the other things that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, But everybody's body reacts differently to things. For me, throughout the experience, I would feel tension in certain parts of my body. Jaw grinding. Jaw grinding. Sometimes you'll feel your eyes kind of rolling around in your head. Having to like shit your life away. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. And but those those SHITs feel really good. Oh, my God. The The best SHITs I've ever had in my life. The emptiest. Your bowels have been in a long time but you're welcome for that listeners yeah but please don't use it as a way to handle your constipation just take some fiber yeah so i mean overall we have had amazing experiences on it specifically for use in 
couples therapy, yeah, if you I, will. I think that it helped us come to a lot of conclusions about who we are as a couple a lot quicker. And what we expect from one another. Definitely. So now that we have a better understanding of this substance and its benefits, let's look at how to create this opportunity for a better, more therapeutic experience. So we just want to state that this is from our point of view, and we're going to be covering preparation, basic guidelines during, and then, of course, integration. We just want to add a quick note here. While it is not advised to take MDMA in a couple setting or in any setting, but particularly in a couple setting, if you are not with somebody who is a trained expert in trauma, in psychiatry, and a lot of different other realms. What you do not want to do, which can happen, is to re-traumatize somebody because you're feeling good and you want to get into why they are the way they are. Don't try to push it. Don't try to pull it out of someone. These, like we said, are very powerful substances and they're not something to mess around with. So we do not want you thinking you should just pop Somali with your partner and get into the most traumatic shit they've been through. That can go left for a lot of different reasons very quickly. If you're considering MDMA for couples counseling, there are some links in our resources at the bottom of our post on lunita.nyc about where you can go to find trials that you can try to get into and how you can do more research. But before we get into preparation, we just want to be clear, this is specifically from a harm reduction point of view. We're not telling you to go out and take MDMA, but we know that some of you will, and we want you to be as safe as possible. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to jump into preparation. How do you best prepare for an MDMA session with your partner? And just want to throw in here that your partner could also mean a family member or a friend and on and on. But for this specific purpose, we're talking about romantic partnerships. So first, just the same as with psychedelics, determine your set and setting. Very important. You want to feel comfortable. You want to be safe. So get in the right positive mindset, get in a setting where you're comfortable with the people around you if you're going to be around anybody at all. You also want to set aside the entire day and the day after. Please, the day after is very important and we'll get into those reasons later. But you do want to have the day for preparation and use and then the day after because of the quote-unquote hangover here. Yeah, it's not something where you can take it and then go about your business six hours later. This is something that is going to be with you and you'll be feeling the effects of for a while, typically one to two days, depending on who you are. So make sure you have the time so decide to do it. Yeah. Next, we would recommend that you write out some areas in your relationship that you would like to discuss or work on. So think of it like a couple's therapy session. You're just bringing things to the table that you would like to discuss with your partner. Make sure that those are areas your partner 
also wants to discuss and work on. Yeah, which will take us to our next one, which is it's important to have boundaries set up prior to beginning your session. Uh, This could be as simple as like no phones, no sex, and any off-limit topics that you might want to steer clear of. Mm -hmm. Now, we do want to say that these boundaries could change mid-session, but it's important to never pressure anyone into anything against their will. Literally, don't ever fucking do that, okay? Yeah, on a substance or off a substance. Just Just don't don't do it. Just don't. You're being an asshole. Want to remain open-minded. The session can switch gears on you and go places that are not expected. There's a saying in the psychedelic community. Substances give you what you need, not what you want. Preach. You'll also want to discuss fears and expectations of the session prior to dosing. Have a conversation with your partner about what you're expecting, what you're scared about, what you hope to get out of it before you take it. Not right before you take it, but like way in advance. Yeah. Or you could rediscuss right before you take it. Yeah. Just like a quick one to make sure we're on the same page. Totally. Final thing I want to say. Well, almost final thing I want to say. One more thing I want to say is for parents, again, like we said in the episode about tripping one-on-one, if you are considering taking MDMA, make sure you have somebody else who you trust who can take care of your child for you for the duration of your experience. And preferably the day after too, because it's just, it can be very difficult. Yes, can't stress that enough. Again, playlists make a big impact here. They can really just add a mood to the setting. Uh, I think that one of our journeys together was a very like 90s, early 2000s vibe. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I have no... I don't know. It just just brought a lot of nostalgia to my life. Yeah, Yeah. Music can be very powerful in all different ways, both on substances and not. So having music can be really calming and soothing if it's the right vibe. Absolutely. And as always, please do your research. Please. If you're listening to this podcast, you're on the right track. Also, go check out lunita.nyc. Plenty of educational information and additional resources over there. So now let's jump in with basic guidelines to keep in mind during the experience itself. These are quite simple, but they're still really important. Number one, it's important to be open-minded. Like we said, sessions can switch gears and go places that are not expected. So make sure that you keep an open mind and an open heart, not only when sharing your experiences, but when listening to someone else as they share theirs. Absolutely. Number two, avoid interrupting. Share the mic, right? One mic rule. Give each other an opportunity to speak your truths. And to be heard and to listen and to allow the other person to feel they can speak freely without judgment or without you wanting to talk over them. I know this can be easier said than done, but just like in any conversation you're having with your partner, both people need to be able to speak and be heard. Absolutely. And then this goes hand in hand. Don't judge one another. Please. 
you're both coming into this open-minded, open-hearted, expecting to gain something from this. And whatever your partner is willing to share, respect that they are taking a big step in their life by sharing this. Yeah, and I think I'm going to link in the resources to how you can respond empathetically when somebody shares information with you that might be traumatic to them, or when somebody discloses something to you that they've experienced that might be traumatic. Sometimes our first reaction may be to say something like, oh my God, how did you let that happen? Or why didn't you X, Y, or Z? That can be incredibly judgmental. It's important to understand we don't want to place any blame. We don't want to place any guilt. We don't want to place any judgment because trust me, somebody with trauma has already thought those thoughts in their head to themselves. There's a lot of blame and shame associated with trauma. The way you respond when somebody is disclosing something difficult makes a big difference for them, not only in, am I believed? Can I trust this person? But it can greatly impact your relationship moving forward based on how you respond. And be aware that judgment is not always just what you say. It can be your nonverbal communication as well. Rolling your eyes, sucking your teeth, looking uninterested, having really closed off body language are all signs or even looking really shocked or responding like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to you. May not be what somebody needs to hear. So be aware of that. Yeah, be mindful of it. And also be mindful of the fact that you guys are here to lift one another up. You're here to support one another. And supporting is accepting each other and respecting one another. Right, and making the other person feel safe. And lastly, for our basic guidelines here, Just be considerate of one another's feelings. Please. When somebody is telling you about a traumatic or a difficult experience that happened to them, it's not up to you to defend or to react or to judge. Just listen. Be mindful. Think about how you would feel if it was you and if the roles were reversed. Practice empathy. Empathy is understanding what it must feel like to be someone else. Nobody wants sympathy. Nobody wants, I'm so sorry. They want, damn, that's really hard. Thank you for sharing that with me. I see you. That is safe with me. I understand why that experience has made you behave in X, Y, or Z ways. And remember, it is not up to you to determine how someone should feel about a situation that happened to them. Accept their feelings for what they are because that is that person's lived experience. Yeah, you're not them. I hate that response. Well, if that was me, well, bitch, it ain't. So, bye. Bye. All right. So, lastly here, integration. How do you take these experiences and grow as a person continuously for the future? Yeah, not only as an individual, but as a couple. Um, the good thing, like we said earlier, most likely when you're experiencing MDMA, it's not like you're going to forget what you talked about or forget what was said or what was shared. 
you're conscious, you have your memory, you're most likely not experiencing any crazy hallucinations or anything like that. If you are, test your shit next time, girl. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's important to understand that you can be taking notes, you can be writing things down, you can even be recording things during your session or videotaping yourself during your session as you talk. Or you can be doing those things after, but a conversation should happen after the experience is over, whether it's the next day or a few days later, about how do we now process what we talked about, what we worked on, what we went through together in a way so that we can come out stronger, more unified, and more connected. Yeah, and this is going to be ongoing. Uh, This is a discussion on how you will both be integrating these experiences into your relationship and ultimately your lives. This is not a, oh, well, we did MDMA and now we have the discussion tomorrow, ta-da, everything's all nice and dandy and great. No. This is a continual process and it does require work. Definitely. Some ways that you can work on integrating the experiences back into your life can be through journaling, writing. If you want to get creative about your experience, that's cool too. Meditating on it. However you choose to process and cope as a person with your experiences, there's no wrong way to cope. There's no wrong way to process. Do what works for you. Absolutely. Totally agree. And we do have a couple of journal prompts up on our blog, lunita.nyc, just to get the ball rolling a little bit or to open up the mind there. So feel free to check that out. Lastly, we can't talk about MDMA and using these substances without talking about the risks and side effects to take into consideration. So we're just going to cover this real quick. Some side effects to be aware of during your trip include dehydration, so keep a bottle of water close to you, overheating, especially in a party setting, which we do not recommend, especially not for therapeutic purposes. But you know, it's going to happen. So hashtag harm reduction. And ironically, overhydration. So you don't want to constantly be chugging water because there is something about MDMA that that makes the body retain water. So just stay properly hydrated. And of course, that involves doing your research. There's also a loss of appetite, an increase in heart rate, sweating, dilated pupils, and an increase in sexual arousal. Again, it's very important to stay on the same page as your partner. Do not put them into any sort of position that they do not feel comfortable in. With that said, Sex on these substances can be absolutely amazing. So if you want to try that out and everybody's cool with it, be my guest. Ironically, too much of this substance can cause the possibility of impotence as well. Also an inability to sleep. So be aware of the side effects, do your research. That is during the trip. We also want to stress that there are side effects for the day after. This can be a pretty rough hangover. 
So it's important to understand that what happens when you're taking MDMA is that your brain is flooding with serotonin, oxytocin, and a lot of other feel-good chemicals, if you will. What happens is, since your brain has pretty much flooded with them during your trip, the next day there will be less serotonin available for you, which can result in feeling very sad or depressed People have also reported feeling incredibly exhausted, as well as just having a lack of motivation, feeling irritable, feeling sad. For some people, the hangovers are much more intense than for others, but it should be understood that for people who struggle with mental health issues, particularly depression, psychotic disorders, and other chemical imbalances in the brain, MDMA may not be safe for you to engage in because of the dramatic drop in serotonin that happens the day after. So this is really important to take into consideration. And it's also why it's not advised that MDMA be used on a regular basis. You don't want to deplete your brain of these necessary chemicals So be careful of that as well. Yeah, and of course, again, we would say talk to your medical provider. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. We are on our way, though. So looking forward to the research continuing and looking forward to... A new future when MDMA can be considered as a legitimate method of therapy for people who struggle with a wide variety of problems and issues. And with that, we will be hitting you with our season finale wrap up. Wow, what a season. In regard to MDMA, and specifically healing our relationship through MDMA, we have actually had quite a few conversations about couples counseling before. Yeah. We've gone through patches in our relationship where we were like, uh, we're not doing so good. We're really struggling to communicate, to understand each other. There's just been a total breakdown of these things. And as a couple, we're really going through it. We've considered couples counseling on more than one occasion. But in terms of MDMA, it's been our experience that when we have experienced it together under the right sentence setting as a couple... It with has the right done, preparation yeah, and with the right guidelines support. followed. It's been a wonderful way to get back on track. Absolutely. And I really do feel as though it has been many sessions worth of something such as couples counseling. Traditional up talk into a, therapy, you mean. Yeah, traditional yeah. talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Wrapped up into a four to six hour MDMA session. And then, of course, you know, the discussions that you have afterwards. Yeah, I felt there's been times in our relationship where we've taken MDMA together and come out of it saying, you know what, we've gone through a lot of bullshit. But despite all of that, you're still the person I want to be with. You're still the person I feel safe and respected with. And And now I feel doubly connected with you. Yeah. And I feel back on the same track, like we're a couple and not two individuals living life together. Definitely. So be sure to do your research. Be sure to use safely 
And be sure to stay respectful of the person that you are working with. Yeah, and be sure to be open with yourself and to know yourself. If you know there's things you've gone through in your life that you're just not ready to face, then MTMA might not be for you because they might show up whether or not you want them to. Those demons, those negative experiences, those traumas, that traumatic childhood, it might pop back up. And if you're not ready for that, that is cool. You don't have to face it. If you feel you're doing well, despite everything you've been through, cool. Hats off to you. If you feel you could be doing better, cool. Hats off to you. But the point is, this is not for everybody. There are a lot of different ways to heal. This is just another avenue that we're bringing to your awareness. So with that, we want to send another large heartfelt thank you. Truly, thank you so much for everybody that's listened to season one. We're so grateful. Truly. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the kind words. We will keep you updated on what's to come in season two. And if you have any topics that you want us to cover or anything you're interested in learning more about or any experiences you want to share with us. Or please, any questions that, about anything that you'd like to ask. Yeah, please reach out to us at lunita at lunita.nyc. Or via Instagram at like, lunita podcast. I almost forgot our email. I was like, the fuck <laughs> is our email again? Um, yeah, please feel free to reach out for us. We love to hear from you. And thank you again. We will see you on season two. Take care. If you enjoy Lunita, please subscribe and leave a review, share with a friend, or share on your favorite social media platform. If you want to show even more support, consider joining our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us continue to bring higher quality content to the world. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, at Lunita Podcast. And be sure to check out lunita.nyc for supplemental posts, additional material, and more. And if you haven't heard it yet today, you are loved, you are appreciated, and we will see you on the other side. Can you say thank you, everybody? Thank you, everybody.